What's up? Casey here. And if you are out there about to finish your master's program and really stressed out about what the F you're going to do to study for this BCBA or BCABA exam, I've got some amazing news for you because we're about to open signups for our next collective, which is our fall collective. And in the month of May, you can get $100 off. OMG, huge savings. So if you sign up in May using coupon code EARLYAF, you can get $100 off the collective. We have three different packages. They're meant to fit anyone that needs to study, that wants to go through 20 classes with Liat and Casey and cover every item on the task list. We've got you from beginning to end. There is no questions needed. We are there for you. We've got your back. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up for the Fall Collective and get $100 off. We start June 27th, which also happens to be my birthday. So holy crap, join us. We cannot wait to meet you and we will help you get through this dreaded exam. Love you, mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X rated away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here with episode 116. Hmm, what's been going on in our lives? I feel like it's been a minute since we've caught you guys up. Since we were last on, Casey and I went to San Diego. That was nice. We've kind of had to change some things up around here. We had planned on doing a video project, but you know, sometimes life throws us curveballs and Casey came on down. All right, curveball, I'll I'll decide when I'm ready to spill more later, but anyways, I'm going I'm through a divorce. Right now. Whoa. Casey's being awkward. I'm going through a divorce. <laughs> I'm just going to drop the D in there. As I in was divorce. not expecting that at all. Oh my god. You, okay. Well, that's that. What, guys. My life, my <laughs> my story to share. Um, I mean, make it anyways, as big as you want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not big. Just still love Ellie Ron for anyone listening. Just you know, I think that we are being we are better as co-parents, and so that's definitely a hard decision to make. So if I ever seem distracted in something or just a little preoccupied. It's because I'm currently dealing with that. Um, don't worry. Episode on divorce to come soon. Just not there yet. But in the meantime, so that's what's been going on. Casey came down to Dallas to We were supposed to be recording our video bundles professionally. We had everything planned. And then life planned something else along the way. And we decided, you know what? It's time for us to get out of town. We went to San Diego, stayed with my cousins for – what was it? For a week? Five, five days. Five days a week, you know, whatever. It's cool when you go to California because you get all this extra time when you go. Like you're up at 5 a.m. and ready for the day. But um, so we went. That was super nice and came back and I've just been getting my shit together. You know, sometimes you got to pick up the pieces, go from there, figure out what your next step is. Um and everything seems to be just breaking at the same time. Like my air conditioning broke the same week. My oven decided to legit blow up glass. Um, Nanny's like quit. 
nanny quit. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But you know what? Anytime something like this in my life happened where like all the shit got really bad, came my biggest successes after. So I'm just like waiting for that part, if you know what I mean. We'll get there. I know that divorce is not easy and you have been very strong um, even when I was out there and I thought it's so easy to give in and just stick with the status quo of what is, especially when you have a baby Kobe and you just trust your gut and your heart so much. And that's one of my favorite qualities of you is I'm, I don't know, you just always, even with anyone like people we meet or whatever, you just have a great read and you're able to just trust what's going on in your intuition. And I have the worst at that. So proud of you. Sis. Really? Thanks. Yeah. Well, you, you were the one who told me I had a good gut. And I was like, dude, if she's saying I have a good gut, shit, I really have to follow it then. And that was also part of it. Because, I mean, you didn't say it regarding this situation, but in everything, you'd be like, okay, we follow your gut. Your gut's the one we go with. Always. So I was like, all right, if Casey says it's good, I guess I'll follow it. But yeah, it's definitely if anyone's going through anything and your gut's speaking one thing and that's your truth, I just want you guys to know that it is really fucking hard to make a decision where something doesn't feel right and – but nothing is terribly wrong. And following that truth is definitely something I'd say it's more challenging than a lot of the other things I've been through in my life. And you guys know I've been through some shit. Hashtag fingers. Wow. But anyways, on a happier note, let's – I mean, this is happy. This is honestly – I see something happy, so no one needs to feel bad for me. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come out stronger than ever, and you guys are going to be like, holy shit, who's that bitch? And I'll be like, it's me. The behavior Who's that chick? <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get ourselves a review of the day. Just wanted to update you. By the way, I said to Casey, let's update them on our life. But then I just made that all about me. I learned that from Casey. So without further ado, Casey, tell us a review of the day. All right. So you also skipped the rhyme. I don't know if you're really trying to push me out of a job with this rhyme thing, but that's fine because I had a really good one, which I'll do after. Anyways, our review today comes in from Madison C. Murray Brown that says, So much fun. I started binging your podcast in March of 2021 and got through all 100 episodes by the end of September. I love the show and how easy it is to listen to, laugh to, and learn from. I know many other BCBAs who listen or use SNABA to study for the test. Keep on keeping on. You know what? We needed that, the keep on keeping on, because some days are hard. So thank you for that review. Um, today we are on episode 116, um, and my rhyme today is episode 116. Mom and daughter BCBA duos are sick. It doesn't yeah. rhyme. Sick and six. First of all, you would not use the same letter, number one. You're not going to be like sock and sack. Wait, what? Number one. one one six, sick, sick and six. Okay. It's all about the ending. Like IX would have to go with mix. Okay, mother-daughter BCBA duos are up in the mix. Great. Good job, Casey. Okay, okay cool. we'll shape this. Yeah, shape right. it, please. We're gonna, you're going to get us a bad review again for your shitty rhymes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, anyways, we are so excited. Um, it's, you know, a really good time for this episode to come out because it's coming out around Mother's Day, and we love our mamas, and Liat is a new mama, and what better way to celebrate then with a mama and a daughter who are both BCBAs. We've never done an episode like this, and I'm very excited. We're going to hear the perspective of a mom. Her name is Audrey. She's been in the field since, I think, 2011, started as a BCABA, 
She's been a BCBA since 2017. So that's going to be great to hear way back then. Then we have her daughter. My- way back then. I love it. This is, <laughs> our field is so new, but this is also why this is exciting. Like, I mean, it's not rare that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, my dad was a dentist and I'm a dentist now because that shit's been around forever. ABA, it's like – and by the way, just in case you guys want to visualize this, you would not be able to tell who's the mom here and who's the daughter. Like, in case you guys are wondering what's going on, this is not what you're imagining. This is – you'd literally be like, oh, you guys are friends. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not that, like, friendly person to be like, oh, is that your sister? But, like, literally. Okay, keep going. You're doing no, great. She Kate. loves that. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, her daughter, Michaela, um, is the one that reached out to us to pitch this idea of the mom-daughter kind of BCBA perspectives. And she has been um, – she was an RBT for a while, and she is a newly minted BCBA. Woo! Um, congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Thank you. And I love that you followed your mama's footsteps. And it's going to be great to hear all about it. But I want you guys to go into a little bit more about who you are. Um, so whoever wants to start, maybe mom first. Okay, sure. Yeah, take it away. (laughs) So um, I think, you know, everyone has a weird story as to how they got into this field. A lot of times back when I started, back in my day, um, it wasn't a (laughs) well-known field. (laughs) But um, I started, um, I did my undergrad at Rutgers, thought I was going to be a political reporter. uh, So majored in politics and communication. Uh, but went into having kids right away and my husband and I started businesses and flipping houses and then the market crashed just in time we sold our last uh, flip and I started substitute teaching at my son's school. Um, Michaela's the middle child. We have um, an older daughter that's in Florida, Michaela, and then a son. When he was in school, um, I substitute, um, I was substitute teaching gym of all things. And across the gym, I saw an ABA therapist working with um, a student and I didn't know anything about autism. I didn't know what she was doing, but I asked her a few questions and I was hooked. I signed up for classes that week. And, um, you know, everyone, nobody understood what I was doing. I just like, I just felt this pull um, to understand it and to be a part of it. Um, but it was really hard back then because, um, it was kind of, I feel like I'm a generation Xer of, uh, in the ABA field because it was when we were starting to do things, um, with remote, uh, supervision and technology wasn't quite, um, there yet. Uh, so I started out, I got my BCABA, um, did my classes through FIT, had a remote uh, supervisor, but I just never really felt connected with the community. I didn't um, make because I didn't take classes in person. Um, I didn't really have people to bounce things off of. Um, then I uh, got a, a strong push by my boss to go for my BCBA. And so I did that when Michaela entered um, her freshman year of undergrad. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, it was, and then that was, that was the hard, that was definitely the hard years, kind of like the dark years, because I was working full time at a public school, then working after that, doing home cases, going to school, doing my uh, capstone through FIT. Also, I did my classes where um, my main professor was in Nevada. So I, it was actually worked out because I'd get home at eight o'clock at night. 
and, um, you know, eat dinner real quick, say hi to the kids and then start my classes because of the three hour time difference. So wow. it was a bit nuts. It was. I, that's where I say like time kind of just came together and it was, um, it was great. I had a supportive husband um, that helped out with what he could, but, um, and it was, it was difficult, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful I got that push, um, from my boss. And, um, from there, like, you know, when I was doing my classes, I would sometimes do our classes. If you're familiar with, um, FIT, some of the lectures would be recorded and I'd have them going on my phone and the kids would be in the car and they would hear like Jose with his stories. And I'd tell them look for the ASRs, push A for me while I was driving. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but they grew up kind of listening to all of it and learning. <laughs> that's cute. That, oh my God, totally. And it's like, that's perfect. So Michaela, you knew before you even started your program that Jose Martinez likes sashimi. Did you know, <laughs> Basically, did yes. you know this? I knew his whole order. I have a better story. I got to actually meet him when we graduated. Um, we got to go to his house and um, Michaela couldn't come because she was um, doing her undergrad. But my husband, my son and my other daughter came and he actually started trying to convince them to get in the field. Now, keep in mind, my oldest daughter, she was already in the work world making a good penny. And I was like, no, don't listen to him. And he was talking to my <laughs> husband, who was working as a cath lab uh, tech in the hospital. And I was like, no way, not him. Well, guess what? Guess they both. So my oldest daughter is a BC, um, is a BCBA in Florida. And my husband oh my is God. finishing up for his BCABA. This is wild. It's like... It's crazy. I, I just can't imagine like the, a household with... All of B all these BCBAs. Oh, people are scared to come over. I bet. Like yeah. it's, it's either very very organized and like you know type A, or it's going to be like the complete <laughs> opposite. But I can just like see the conversations. Like Liat and I, my husband gets so annoyed because we always, granted, we're running a test prep company, but it, it doesn't matter. Like anything. Like this morning we were on the phone talking and. Something was like, I don't know what she was talking about, but she's like, hey, you know, Case, it's just like the temporal contiguity of this. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, it's so funny. And she went, we weren't oh even my talking. God, you're right. I know. And you weren't even, we were not talking about anything test prep. It was just, you're literally just how you spoke, like in normal conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like how obnoxious. If you're not in the field, it's so annoying. <laughs> Well, before my dad was in the field, it was kind of fun because my mom and I had like a secret language almost. So he would be like annoying us. And my mom would be like, let's just put him on extinction. Like I can't right now. <laughs> and now that he like is in the field, we can't even use that language anymore. No, so. you can't. The secret's out. You guys let him in the club. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, it's, like it's definitely not get like the a F out. Fit in or get the F out. <laughs> My brother is the only one that like doesn't understand what we're saying, but even he like has like picked up on like little phrases here and there. So like he it's knows really what just an extinct yeah he knows what an extinction burst is and stuff like that. But um, it, it's like it's really natural to us, and it's been such a long time um, that we that I I can't imagine what it's like otherwise. Like before coming on with you guys, I'm like I don't know. Like I feel like. A lot of times people are saying, like, I can't believe you guys all do the same thing and they ask questions, but I don't feel like it's um, 
I don't know. I, I just don't know what any other way now at this point. It's been a while. So I, I would imagine it would be kind of lonely um, if I was in this field and um, come home exhausted, but I can't talk about what happened at work necessarily or where I was um, because right. of, um, you know, keeping confidentiality. So I would, yeah, it would probably be pretty lonely. So did your mom kind of inspire or shape you to become a BCBA? What was your path? Oh, I did not want to be in the field at all. Wow. <laughs> Honest. I love that. I mean, well, it was, I feel like I was kind of going through like my rebellion phase where it was like, she said black, I said white. So like, the, like getting involved in anything that, you know, was the same as her. I was like, no, I want to like do my own thing, create my own path and like all of that stuff. Um, but I didn't, I also didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went into my undergraduate thinking that I was going to do occupational therapy. I was like, all right, it's different enough. Like, you know, um, like it's similar, but not the same. I somewhat know what I'm getting into. I start taking all my health science classes and I am like, yeah, no, this is not, this is not going to work for me. Um, so I was actually switching to psychology and my mom had told me, you know, like, you can't really like just go into psychology. You should like do something else with it. So I think she like started to plant the seed there. She was like, oh, you should work as an RBT and you can make like a little more money. And like, you're already kind of familiar with the field a little bit. So I went into it thinking it was just going to be a summer job. I was like, I'm going to do this for one summer and then I'll make some money and I won't have to work at Wendy's. Well, it turns out that I loved it and I never wanted to leave. And I even remember like coming up to her kind of like with my head down. I was like, so I, I think I am going to do this thing. Not because you said so. I did it on my own. Yes. Oh, she definitely like shaped me into doing that. But like, I was like, you know, like, like maybe I'll just go for my BCABA instead and not be a BCBA. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm going all in. I knew she was always going to do it. In your heart, you knew it as a mom? Oh, God. Yeah. Like when from like, yeah, when she took the RBT and I, you know, the RBT was still kind of like new to me because when I started, we didn't have the RBT. So I didn't know what to expect at how hard the test would be for her. And I remember, you know, dropping her off to take the RBT and, um, you know, right away she knew she passed and I was so excited and um, I was just excited because of like the opportunities that would open up for her. And, um, you know, I just knew that she was a natural for it too. And shout out to RBTs because they are the most important part of our field, um, so if you're listening and you are an RBT, just know that we see you and we appreciate the shit out of you because without you, we would be we nothing. We are nothing. We are nothing. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I hope and pray that if you're a BCBA listening or a BCABA, you are supporting um, your RBTs and you are being a BCBA, as Greg Hanley says, on the floor and not in the office. Um, because it's really important that they feel that you're teaching them and guiding them and monitoring and helping them because mm -hmm. they're the ones with the clients most of the time. Go, Casey, go. I totally agree. <sighs> Snap, mic drop, boom. Okay. And I think like to that point too, that was like as a mom, kind of like the hardest part for me too, because um, once she was working in a clinic setting 
And um, even with my other daughter who was working in a clinic in Florida and my husband too, like, you know, those are the hardest years. That's backbreaking work, you know, and that's when like, you know, I would imagine a lot of people do quit and start questioning whether they're cut out for it. And, you know, that is definitely the hardest and seeing them go through that as a mom like that. I had to, I knew what was at the end of the tunnel, which was you have to go through this. You can't be a good BCBA if you didn't go through this. So, yeah, but um, yeah, so I think definitely hands down appreciate all of the RBTs and people that are in there um, with the clients um, following all the plans that we write. Now, mom, as like, I'm calling you mom, like you're my mom, but um... (laughs) okay. (laughs) we know after studying your ass off for this exam, There is one dreaded thing that you all tell us you hate doing. Dun, 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 mock exams. We know they're aversive, they're scary. We need you to change your mindset because mock exams are crucial and amazing for you to test your knowledge all the time you spent studying. What do you really know? The only way to test that is through a mock exam. Lucky for you, We have two mock exams now that are 185 questions, just like the real exam since it's updated to the fifth edition. It's going to include the task list item where you can find it on the task list as well as detailed feedback. So we have the 185 plus one because we're extra AF and we have a hashtag trending mock that's been updated with the coolest latest trends from the 90s. It's gonna make your studying fun. You'll forget you're even taking a mock exam So head over to studynotesava.com and get your mock exam because studying does not have to suck. As like, um, you know, a BCA who's been in the field and, you know, you know how hard the field is and you know that it is very rewarding, but it's also a really hard job. Um, Was there any advice that you gave Michaela? you know, about, hey, you know, some days are going to suck or you might not get the best supervision or, you know, X, Y, and Z. Was there any like major advice that you gave her? Because I know like, I'm not sure if you had a bad experience, but we talked to a lot of people that have. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. Well, I think like definitely when I first started out, um, I, like I said, I didn't have, um, anyone to connect to. I didn't really have a mentor that was close by until I got my BCBA. And literally she lives like, she lived like not even a mile from my house. I could kind of see her house from my house and all those years she lived there and I didn't know. So I think like, you know, trying to get Michaela to like always um, make connections with others in the field was important, but she definitely knew the hard work because when I started out as a BCABA, there were times that I was coming home and I was so exhausted. I just would say, I can't even talk about it. I'm just going upstairs, taking a bath, and I'm going to bed. And I think like, and they were, everyone was so good. They wouldn't bother me. They just knew it. And they would. And I think that seeing that ahead of time, and then she still went into the field, like that's remarkable. They both did. So well, all of them did, but. <laughs> I will say, I think that it helped seeing you at like your hardest points because maybe that's why I didn't want to get involved in the field earlier on is because I only saw like the hardest parts. But then once I actually got more involved, I was like, oh, like how come I never saw like all this good that came out of it? And, you know, I thought that I was going to be 
getting like thrown up and peed on every day. But no, that wasn't the case. So I was going to say one word of advice we always say was keep a change of clothes in the back of the car. (laughs) Yep. Always be prepared for anything. But I think it's also cool because it's like, look, a lot of people get in. So like what we see a lot of is people getting into the field and they become a BCBA, let's say, right? And it's like, holy shit, no one prepared me for this. Like I thought I just took this test. I thought I'm ready to go. I'm a BCBA now. Like, what's next? Right? And people don't know what to do. And so this is like the opposite. Like, you got to hear all the crappy parts about it. And it only goes uphill from here, you know, which is a cool way to go. And it would be cool, you know, I would hear her giving different training videos and like, the way that she would talk to different professionals, different people, and just hearing the way that she spoke with them, I think helped me develop and like be able to collaborate with like anyone, anybody I run into, you know, it just made me a very flexible thinker. So all of that, you know, just hearing it in the background, like while I was making my lunch, it really did pay off. So Aw, that's nice. Yeah, we always tell our students, like, when you don't, studying doesn't, studying doesn't have to look like, you know, sitting down every day and reading your Cooper book. Like, having things going on, whether they're recordings or just, like, podcasts or anything that are, you know, talking about things in the field and how different people talk to different professionals, um, collaborations, just, you know, always keeping things going when you're studying, like, audio recordings, whatever it may be. Um, keeps it so fresh and you like don't realize that you're studying even if you're like emptying the dishwasher or you know doing your hair like every morning when I'm getting ready I find so I've got a new thing that's going on in the field a different podcast on it or a different um, webinar and I just like to stay like kind of relevant in what's going on because as we know the field and mom maybe can contest this how far the field has come or changed since you've been in it have you noticed that oh my gosh I am so happy because like again like when I started out um, I feel like everything was a lot, um, a lot stricter and everyone was like, maybe a little more sterner. And like, you had to say things like in like, you know, the right way. Otherwise it was like, they weren't going to listen to you because you weren't saying it the right way. And that's why I think you guys are so refreshing because you, you know, we can be ourselves. We don't have to, um, edit our words so carefully all the time, but, um, I, I, I love like ACT, um, getting into like trauma-informed ABA now. And um, I think when I started out, um, ABA was like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And like now that we're branching over a little bit more, I feel like we're being a little bit more human um, and allowing ourselves to be seen as more as humans. And we're not perfect. We, you know, we strive to do no harm, of course, but, um, you know, we're not perfect. We might like use the wrong term once in a while. And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, we're not, we don't know what we're doing or, um, whatever, you know, it is. But, um, I think that there's so many more, um, branches and I'm happy about it. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about like, this huge like generation of people Michaela's age um, that are getting into the field. I think before people got in the field because maybe they had a relative with autism, where now um, people have are getting into the field because they're interested in it, not just because they're living it. And um, I like that. You know, I don't want people to be scared of um, working with kids with autism or adults with. Um, other developmental disabilities. I want them to um, get involved and 
help with um, improving the quality of life. Um, so I, I'm excited about it. I love that. What about you, Michaela? Like, I know you're new and like, what, what excites you the most about the field? <sighs> That's a tough one. I, I feel like I have so many different interests and like every day I'm like, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about that. Like spiraling. Um, yes, I'm a spiraler. Oh yeah. Um, I'm like, I wish I just had like a million dollar budget that I could just get everyone's like training and every little CEU and every webinar and just like. Oh, you have no idea. I literally have like 12 tabs open right now of different like uh, natural environment type of like trainings going on. And like, I am all, I'm very much about like the natural environment, play based type of stuff. Um, the center that I work at is very much like you wouldn't even know that different programs are like being run throughout the day. And you would think it's like, a, you know, a typical school, we set it up like a natural classroom, but you know, we have that extra support if you need it. But so that is like my bread and butter right there. Like, so I'm, I'm definitely looking for tons of more opportunities to dive deep, but and you know what? I want to say in, I don't know if anyone, maybe this resonates with, um, I just know that when I first started and was learning about natural environment training, naturalistic teaching, all that, um, I absolutely looked at it as like, it wasn't beneficial. It wasn't like play is not therapy. Like I, you know, I had a really hard time getting out of like the typical discrete trials that you take data on. And it's like this task analysis. AKA Casey has zero flexibility. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but what I want to say is that it's, it's, you have to be very rooted, grounded and technical in your skills as a clinician to be able to incorporate all of those, you know, concepts and stuff in natural environment training. So it actually, you should be proud of yourself as a clinician if you're able to run that, like a net training and set up the environment and control for things and make these learning opportunities happen. That it takes a badass piece to be able to do that. And I used to think it was just like a babysitter, like play is like, no, we're not doing that at the clinic. If you're just like on the ground with your client, like I need you up at the table. And so now I totally see it in a different way because it takes a lot of skills. And that's when I realized I did not have those skills and I needed to learn them fast. Casey, as you would say, impromptu skills. <laughs> you got to be able to improv. You got to be like, holy shit, I can get this kid demand right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and I will say, I think that's one area where like, again, like having a BCBA as a mom, like, you know, I would just be like, I would be substituting in a school and she would be like, you see what you could have done with like that or like X, Y, Z. If you're in a classroom, like, you know, you could work on these social skills. Like, you know, it's very much, she trained me to think like on my feet, always be flexible. So yeah, she definitely helped me out with a lot of that. What about when we would practice with you, like um, doing error yes. correction for mm-hmm. discrete trials? Oh Yeah. And then we're like teaching like, you know, your dad and it's just like, it, after a while, I mean, like I have all the patience in the world for some reason for my daughters, but unfortunately I love my husband, but I just can't, I can't. So I'll just say, Michaela, you've got to take care of it. You've got to explain this to him because I can't. <laughs> He's just a different learner than you are. Oh, look how that, see, she's like the devil's advocate. Yes. He's just a different learner. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Yeah. Well, Michaela and I are so much alike that I feel like sometimes we don't even need to communicate like verbally. Like I could just like, and she gets what I mean. I don't have to elaborate more where he'll just be like, well, I don't understand. Or 
And I'm like, forget it. I guess that's where I guess I get frustrated because I expect him just to know it. Um, and because he's my husband, I can just like have the attitude. <laughs> right. Whereas you wouldn't expect your learner just to know it, right? They should just know mm-hmm. this. No, you'd be yes. like, oh, I'm so patient. I'll teach you this for months. Like, don't worry about it. Everything's cool. Like, I, I totally understand that. I had to practice that as a teacher too. Is it like, how do you not just know this? And Leah's like, that's the rudest thing ever. And I'm like, I'm practicing now it's like of course everyone no what what you just said though is everyone learns differently and again that is a skill I've had to practice as a teacher and as a clinician is that it's not just Casey's mind and Casey's way it's that's not going to work for everyone and that's why Leah is such a wonderful teacher because she has that ADHD she had that you know learning disability and you know school didn't come easy to her and she needed to learn things differently um which you know thinking outside of the box and that's, you know, I'm just trying to learn that from her. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that I te- the best way for me to teach is to give people analogies, like real life analogies. But unfortunately, like I'm like, I'm, I'm always training people. And usually when I train people, I use my husband as examples. So like I can't when I'm teaching him about like, you know, um, um, uh, fading prompts and stuff with like him leaving his shoes there and all that. Like, I can't like, you know, use him. Like he, he, you know, they will say once in a while, like stop ABAing me and yes, stuff. So it it's very hard yeah. <laughs> to leave that at the door when you come home to turn that hat off or, you know, Oh yes. Well, we can't because we're all in it. I'm like, we have like, you know, we can't, we have, um, we have so much material in the house. We're all laminating. We're looking for Velcro. Um, just even this morning, I was doing a new assessment and um, it was for a young learner. And I'm like, I like one of the things that I am not is organized with my material. I actually would rather like lend it out and give it out, I think secretly, so I don't have to organize it in my office. And Michaela's the opposite. She loves like doing all, making pecs, laminating, cutting them out. She lives for it. Like that's what she does to settle down at night. And when I do it, you would think if I have to do it, it's like the exorcism. My head is spinning. (laughs) I'm like freaking out. I hate it. Oh yeah. No. Oh, I can't stand it. I hate it. So I turned to her and she had like a whole draw and everything was organized already. Like, you know, community helpers, the thing, everything was organized where I have it all together and I'd have to pick it through what I need and I would get it done. But she already had everything organized and it was just, everything's all small and cute and bundled together. So listen, those, those index card holders, the different colors. Mm -hmm. That's your jam. Oh, yes. Love those. Or those like those like picture <laughs> box, like people put their VV maps in them. They like have little photo boxes in like one suitcase. You know what I mean? Oh yes. That's like I BCBA porn. <laughs> have you um built any of the peak assessment? I did a training um like a year and a half ago for level one and we were gonna start using it at work. Um and then we we didn't. So now, you know, we're 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 moving on to other things, but I work at a fairly big um public school and um, just got into like the past couple of years um, collecting data on software rather than paper. So that's been a big, a big thing, big adjustment. Michaela, have you always done um, electronic data or did you do paper? So actually, I, again, I've gone reverse. I started off with electronics and now where I'm at, we do everything on paper graphs, we do data, every single thing on paper. That's cool. I think everyone needs that skill to begin with, because if you just get into it only electronic, 
Like Liat and I joke, like she's like, I have no idea how to create a line graph in Excel. She's like, it just does it for me on like Catalyst or whatever. <laughs> no, I never used Catalyst where I worked. I everything was paper and pencil. Oh, that's why you couldn't do it on Excel though. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. because we would literally send in like drawn graphs to insurance, like you know, like scan them, put them in our reports because the mm. clinic I worked at was anti going. Um, What's the word? Electronic because they want you to like feel the data change. Like when you're the one actually drawing it out, you're like, oh shit, this is dropping again. Oh wow, this is dropping again. This is dropping. Something's not working, you know? That's true. I never thought of that. Well, it does keep you more accountable. And like, especially with some of like our BCBA candidates, like, you know, we'll be like supervising them and like, you know, having them like look at the data points and we're like, look, like you're drawing this out. Like you can see like the change that you're making every day. Like you did this, like not me. I'm not the one in here six hours a day with the kid. So. Absolutely. I totally get that. Um, all right. I have, I have one more question. One last question for you ladies. Um, if you don't mind, let's talk about mom first. What do you think some of the good things that are changing and maybe some things that um, have changed for the worse since you've seen the field? So like, like we said before, um, I feel that we are maybe a little more humanizing ourselves. Um, but I think also the collaboration is great. I mean, within our family, like if I need an article on something or some kind of idea of something's not working, I can like, obviously reach out to my family members, but also beyond that, like we have a network that we've collected of people that we're friends with that are all in the field. So we can um, get that stuff. Everything's at our fingertip a lot more. I mean, you guys are definitely so lucky. I mean, what we used to have to go through to like create material, like it was really bad. Um, Hashtag teachers pay teachers. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. That, see, yeah, I, that's definitely it. Michaela would make it and I just buy it. I'm like, forget it. Um, but I think like, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous because I feel that there are some people that are becoming BCBAs and they maybe don't have as much experience as they should, um, or in different, um, in different settings, because I mean, we live in New Jersey and they're, is a shortage of BCBAs and insurance um, is covered, covers um, ABA therapy, but, you know, a student might have like 40 hours of ABA therapy, therapy, but if you don't have a BCBA to supervise it, then, you know, you're in trouble. So I think like as soon as you become a BCBA, it's so easy to start practicing out of like your expertise. Um, because, um, those are the jobs and, you know, people are like, oh, don't worry about it. You, you know, we'll help you. And then maybe they really don't help you or supervise you the way that, you know, ethically they should. So I'm a little bit worried, um, about that, um, people, um, becoming BCBAs and not, and not realistically, uh, keeping, uh, their own limitations still in check. And I mean, Hey, we all grow, we all need to grow, but like find people that you connect, be willing to admit that you don't know how to do that. And you need someone to mentor you. Um, don't feel like you, um, know it all right away when you have those initials behind your name. I think that's huge. And I, we always say that when I started out, I didn't know what I needed to know as a VCBA. I wasn't, I was just thrown to the wolves and you know what, it's not an excuse. And hopefully the more we can get that message out there that, 
find, find a mentor. Do not agree to do things you don't know how to do just because someone wants you to bill for it. Stick up for yourself, advocate for your ethics code, um, and but also take ownership in finding in training, getting trainings and the things that you need to get trainings in and, you know, reaching out to those people who have experience and seeing if they can mentor you. Um, I've never, I haven't heard anyone say that, oh, I reached out to this person. They said, no, they're so excited. Those people in the field that are like, know this stuff. And, you know, they're excited for these new BCBAs and we want the field to like keep going in this way. It's going and all the good things that you said, um, Audrey and, everyone taking ownership for their skill set and scope of competence is huge. All right, Michaela, on the spot, go. <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree with what she was saying. Um, you know, I, I really like that a lot of the graduate courses now are starting to go over like how to be, you know, a good supervisor, a little more on that. I still think we got to make a little more of a push about teaching how to supervise people because it's, there's not, nothing prepares you um, for being a BCBA. It's not, it's not the same. And, you know, you think like, okay, like you just like update a few programs and like, you know, won't take me that long. There's so, so much more to it. Um, And I think the other thing that kind of puts our generation at like a little bit of a disadvantage is, you know, making sure you don't have those dual relationships. So I think that with social media, sometimes, um, you know, you might see like a friend of a friend on there and, you know, you really have to be careful because it's such a fine line, you know, between, you know, when you're a therapist and then when you're, you know, starting to become, a friend. So that is something that, you know, I had to be very careful about. And I had to tell parents right away, you know, like, like, I can't be getting friend requests from you, like, or I can't accept them. You know, I can't be like doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know, so that's definitely something I've seen BCBAs my age, I think, struggle with is like, finding that balance. Yes. I think that that was huge. Cause especially when you go from like, I was a, just a, like a direct therapist for a while. And so I would do a lot of like respite care on the weekends and so moms could go out and whatever. And I was, that was fine when I was there, you know, just a direct support therapist. But as I turned BCBA, RBT and BCBA, um, you know, I, those were the relationships I had to set really clear boundaries with when you know, the parents are like, oh, I'm going away this weekend. Want to make some extra money? And it's like, mm, I can't like, cause that's going to create that multiple relationship and explaining it without sounding like a douche. Um, because- Bailey and Birch's new fourth edition book. Uh, I had some time in my hands this past weekend and I had this book in my hands. They have outlined and added a lot more to the dual relationship part. And it seems like they're, they're catching on what's actually happening in the field for them to be able to um, hit on these real issues. Like things kind of were just like rules before as like what we should ethically do. And now it's like, okay, so we see people are going to give you gifts. We also see the dual relationships in this regard. And there's going to be times that you try to be like, oh yeah, I can't make it. But the importance of being like, I'm actually like, I cannot come to something like this. And so it does talk about like creating those boundaries. I'm the queen of shitty boundaries. So, I mean, I, I would never know how to, I mean, in every area of my life. So I would never know how to be like, oh yeah, um, yeah, 
I, you probably shouldn't tell me you're cheating on your husband. I don't really know where to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where do we go you from know? here now? Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not going to smoke pot together tonight. No, yeah, that's yeah. You know, like <laughs> asking me things that I'm like, wait, what? What the hell is wrong with me that everyone asks me these things? You know, and I'm like, there's something on my face that says, "Tell me everything." I but know. yeah, so it, it's kind of they they kind of really covered it in a way that I feel like is a lot more useful as a BCBA now. So anyone thinking about you know, these difficult, tricky conversations, the book is like twice the size and covering a lot more ethical real life scenarios. So check that I can't out. Wait. I can't wait to get it. I'm so excited. You know, I love a good ethics book. Mom, you buy it and I'll use it. I know. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was really hard for me because I, I worked in the same community that we lived in. So when the kids, when like they were at track meets or soccer games, a lot of times I would just watch from the car because I didn't want to be on the sideline and have people that knew that I worked in the school start asking me questions about students or, you know, things like that. So it was just safer to be in the car and keep yeah. myself away from getting that involved. Yeah. Like, how's Johnny doing? Hey, mom, you're looking great today. Want to give like my kid a little extra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or right. what, you know, it works the other way too. If they not, if they're not happy with you, they know where you live or where your kids are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, why haven't you implemented this new program yet? Where is this? Where? Blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God, I feel you. I know. I'm like, I'm sorry. I've got like 25 people in my case, but I'm getting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you guys have been wonderful. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Um, Me too. Yes. Mom and daughter duo and dad and older sister. So it's really just like a family duo or family yep. affair. I don't just know. Just not the brother. Not the brother. <laughs> he has no the interest. sheep. <laughs> yeah. So thank you ladies for coming on. We appreciate you. And I hope that those listening um, can take away some great things from this episode and um yeah. So Something I want to add in also is, I mean, this was amazing. Thanks for you guys coming on. But, you know, as as we have more and more people on this show, you know, as we go on, you hear everyone like, well, how did you get into this? It's like, well, I was a PE sub and I saw this behavior that, you know, this BCBA there, whatever it is. So I just, I think it's really important to, you know, really think about how many people are watching us when we're doing different things. And the example that we're setting for this field that does not have a long history in terms of recognition. So, I mean, just because we are always hearing like, oh, well, I was just here and this, and I fell in love with this BCBA who was in my classroom and suddenly I had control. So this idea is that like you may be someone's only exposure, especially for a long time before we become more mainstreamed. So really thinking about how are you practicing? How are you presenting yourself? Are you an asshole? Are you cool? Are you showing that like you could be normal and you could – practice ABA instead of being like some professional prick. So really just thinking about those things in regards to how we are disseminating and, you know, disseminating is not only giving PowerPoints. It's also just you practicing appropriately and in a way that, you know, people could see these changes. So just keep that in mind. And I think we could do really big things. With that said, here we go. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on our website, behaviorbitches.com. Feel free to shoot us a message, an email. Um, leave us a review. We haven't had one in a while, and I'm, I'm oh, I was about to promote it. that. As, yes, we, we really need that reinforcement. 
shoot us an email if you have a cool topic, if you know someone you want to recommend or you want to recommend yourself or you just want to send us how much you love us. That's cool too. Love some non-contingent reinforcement. And go ahead on – and you could listen to us anywhere, but obviously we have a bias towards Apple podcast app because you could leave reviews. So go on there. Leave us a five-star review or no review at all. Five stars or nothing. Um, If you have nothing nice to say, don't worry about saying it. You could write it on a piece of paper and throw it in the trash can. But five stars will totally take. Write something nice. We'll read it out loud. And that's all I have to say for today. So thanks for listening. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 